You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. All thanks to Maccas, the McRib and the new McRib Deluxe are now in Maccas. This week, our guest is Australian cricket legend Merv Hughes. Massive North Melbourne fan, is that? No, I'm a Bulldogs fan. Western oh, Bulldogs, Western Bulldogs. Sorry, Western Bulldogs, right. Canterbury Bulldogs. Is oh, Steve Waterman yeah. still playing? Yeah. <laughs> he's player, he's no, player. he's still running around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were, he's were you his a, 50th season. Yeah. Were you a frustrated <laughs> AFL? Like, did you ever want to be an AFL player? Was that sort of similar? I know Warney was always, like, wanted to play for St Kilda. Or was cricket yeah, always we, your thing? Yeah, in Victoria, I think, we, we, a, lot of, a lot of guys have got a choice. And we lose... Either it's seven or eight of our best ten cricketers of Aussie rules football every season. I dare say in New South Wales would be the same with, with sort of rugby, with basketball, with other sports. Victoria, so to answer your question, I played AFL footy or VFL footy back in my day. That's how I am. Yeah, full and, forward. And uh, I'll pull back, half back. Um, I'm just saying positions, play. Merv. I don't know my AFL all that well. Uh, no, well, I couldn't. If you can't kick straight, you're in the back line. Yeah, right. Okay. So I was in the back line. <laughs> but I just thought as a 17, 18 year old, I was, I was, that was going to be my go. Got invited down to train it too long. So it's not the draft as it is today. It was zoning. So where you live, tied to two clubs. So living in Western Suburbs, tied to Geelong, got down there, Geelong, uh, lasted three nights. I pissed off. <laughs> didn't like it. Oh, they didn't like me. Right. I loved it. <laughs> right. yeah. So you had three days that's seen enough. This bloke no, no, can't three nights. Three nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, three actually, I've actually got a uh, listen son. Um, go and have a shower, pack your bags, piss off, don't come back, wash your house. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God's sake. Right, uh, if you say so. so. It's pretty harsh. And then, like I said, 17, 18 years old, you've got a choice to make, haven't you? You can go out and find a job uh, or you can play cricket. Was cricket a realistic sort of career choice for you at that point or... After you got pissed off for th- after three days by Geelong, you sort of just go, well, it's all i got left. It's interesting how decisions are made for you. Um, so football and cricket, not my decision. I went down to Footscray um, as a top-order batsman, part-time bowler. Mm-hmm. And I got down there, Ron Gord, the former Australian player. He was a bowler, he was a bowling coach at Footscray. What do you do? Oh, I bat and I bowl a bit. I reckon I bowled about three balls. Right, mate, you don't bat anymore. You're a bowler. I'm thinking, how easy is life? You don't even have to think about it. And so, how like when did it all start to happen for you then in cricket? Like, how long after you dedicated all your attention to to bowling fast did it all start to to take shape? Always there in the background, but I think football was my number one until 18, 17, 18. Mm. Um, and then when the football became not an option, I moved from Burrabee sub district or suburban cricket, into Butchgrave, which is a higher level. Mm. Just better coaching, training with better players, so you could progress a little bit quicker. Um, I got down there and things happened. So I started taking wickets, third 11, second 11, into the first 11. Uh, played in the premiership first year in the second, premiership first year in the senior. And then the next year I was in the, in the Stateside. But the big thing you find out and getting back to football was that you find out 20, 30 years later that as you're showing interest in football, they picked you before you were ready to beat you at cricket. So there was like um, Tony Donovan, Tom O'Donnell, Shane Ward, Damien Fleming. There's a lot of guys that got picked early 
to peak their interest in cricket and, and keep us playing cricket rather than going football. That's interesting. Keep you in the yeah, keep, keep you in the, the game. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It does make sense. How old are you when you debut for Australia? Twenty five. It's funny, like 25. that's that almost in some weird way seems old for these days. Oh, but it was old. <laughs> um, was so it I, old for those was it old for your day? Um yeah, pretty much. If you're not playing state cricket by the time you're twenty twenty one, um and, and making an impact. But the other thing guys guys can debut early and then not get an opportunity. So someone like Darren Lehman is a perfect example, is there's, there's got to be room for you in the side. I got into Victorian side, had a lot of back trouble, a lot of back injuries. So before my first four years, I played half seasons with back injuries. Decided to give Aussie rules football away yep. and rest my body during the winter to get myself fit for cricket. Did you have this beautiful moustache, like, from the jump? Like, was it just always a th- your has, it, has the mow always oh. been your thing? Like, or... I wasn't born with it. You weren't born with it. I wouldn't no, be shocked if you were. Yeah, if you said you, if you said you were, I'd believe it. <laughs> it was a, the trip I did around Australia to get into football in 1985. So I had a couple of well, pretty ordinary attempts uh, leading up to that. <laughs> um, 1985. So I wouldn't get caught up in playing football. I um, went on a trip around Australia. So I went up the east coast, gone for four and a half months. And all I did was sort of train and get myself fit. Mm. Um, what wasn't working that much, so no razor blades, you couldn't afford a haircut, so a mop of hair and a full beard, and got home and thought I'll get rid of this. So I went and saw my hairdresser, as you do, and sort of cut the hair and shaved down around the mustache and left the mustache. He said, "Oh, that looks good," and I said, "I'll just leave that for a couple of days," and I was I was just going to leave it for maybe a week for a bit of a shit stir. And then, you know how things start to happen? Yeah. You know how sportsmen, they say, are very superstitious? Mm. Yeah, that's not true. I just kept this because things were going well. <laughs> well, I couldn't see the reason to shave it off. And what, you have it, you've had it ever since that point? Yeah, 1985. There you go. That's crazy. Never, It's never yeah. come off for it's coming, up, it's coming up 40 years. 40 years. Oh, yeah. And you've never, you've never knocked it off, though? No one's ever, like, paid a lot of money to charity or something for you to shave it off or... Oh, I'm a firm believer charity starts at home. So I've been, been off. And so uh, November comes up. Gee, the first five five years of November, I reckon I got asked every year. Yeah. And is, oh, mate, oh, men's health is four months of the year, not just the month. So I, I leave my moustache on to remind me of that. But in 1989, I got offered by Gillette over England. So the Ashes series had just finished. Got offered by Gillette to shave it off for... But those days was pretty good money. It was, in fact, it was better than the tour fee. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was thinking about it. But I had had a mate's wedding when I got home. I was best man at a mate's wedding, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be there as a stranger. Yeah, I want to be there as me, not as someone that just pocketed a heap of cash. And uh, yeah, 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 I get that. What sort of impact do you reckon it had on your intimidation? Like, how how many how many percentages did your intimidation go up? Do you think with that uh, low? Hundred percent, two hundred percent, five, five hundred. <laughs> well, all you got to do is just find the clock back, not so far to Mitch Johnson. Yes, like he was pretty good and pretty intimidating without his mustache, and then he grew a mustache, just turned into mean and nasty. Yeah. Didn't he? It was another level. It was one of the great yeah. Ashes performances of all time. Oh, one of the great, great. series. And then Travis Head just recently, yes, lost, lost a contract, a Australian cricket contract. 
Um, we'll cricket Australia contact one of their talk. He grows a mustache. And he's the best player in the world. <laughs> you make him. So you make life, him. His life is giving you lemons. Grow a mustache. Grow a mustache. Grow a mustache. Oh. But also, like the the nation really gets behind a moustache generally as well. Like, obviously, you got to be playing well. But if you're playing well and you have a moustache, like, you also seem to get away with more. Like, Travis Head's gone on one of the great rips, you know, these last couple of days after his uh, his uh, World Cup heroics. And yeah. everyone's just, like, you know, applauding him and loving him. If he didn't have a moustache, there's, there's every chance people would be like, he's a role model, he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Well, if you've got a moustache, I reckon... People don't take it too seriously. Yeah. They just say, oh, I had a yellow. But if you're clean shave and everyone just expects too much from it. Yeah. Did you and find... expectation leads to disappointment. So. Did you find... Um, well, I guess like you were kind of like... You've always been a... Uh, you're a cult figure in Australian sport. Was that an immediate thing that happened once you got into sort of the Australian setup? Is that something that I guess like, you know, it's, is it tied to your performance as well? Well, I think... I think being a Victoria playing at the MCG in front of that A13 certainly helped. Mm. Um, and, and certainly when I played, the media people break plays and the media were very kind to me. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think they were very kind to my cricketing ability, but just, um, you know, just a young age, just a good bloke, just, just this and that. And really, I didn't get credibility in the Australian side until probably so 89. Jeff Lawson and Terry Alderman as well. Mm. Probably, probably until 91. So I'd, I'd played five years. So I said, oh, he's actually played five years of test cricket. He's actually taken a few wickets. Yeah. So that sort of all got lost in, uh, I suppose, the persona of, as being a good sport and a good character. You've got a bit of a reputation for being a pretty decent sledger. Was part of that to just entertain yourself and have a bit of a giggle, or was it always quite calculated to try and get under the opponent's skin? Initially, it's to get me going. Yeah. So in a flat spot of the game, I just started, just tried, had to convince myself that I hated the match. So if I'm bowling against you and there's nothing on the game, you, you go through the motions, think something's going to happen. If, if I hate you, then it makes it easier for me. So I, I hated to get to know the opposition. Mm. You meet them and they're good blokes. <laughs> and probably the greatest example was Stewie Law from mm. Queensland. Didn't know him, didn't like him. Every time we played Queensland, tried to hit him in the head. Never made a run against Victoria. We go across to the Hong Kong Sixers one year. I get to know him, have a couple of beers with him. Great bloke. Next five years against Victoria, he made hundreds every game. <laughs> and you just think, I liked it better when I didn't like it. The big thing about Sleazy, especially at, at state level and more so international level, you have your targets, you go out players and you may go out players. So when you see four or five Australians going further than like that, that's a team player. Right. So they're, all they're trying to do is upset him and unsettle him. Leads through frustration, you've lost the battle. So you sledge for a reason. There's also people that like and I'm putting ourselves in this context, but there's, like, people who you sledge and it actually almost makes them play better. Like, Sebo in golf, when you... If you don't sledge him and he's playing bad, it's, like, it's self-fulfilling. He just keeps getting worse and worse. But as soon as you then start to talk shit to him, being, like, acknowledging how bad he plays, then he just switches on and you, it's all over. Correct. you got to be calculated. Yeah, well, that's, that's what the Australian team do. And like I said, you have your go-go players and your no-go players. And... People say that oh, you, you're, you're pretty weak if you go with the young blokes. Well, you go with the young blokes because the sledging's bluffing bullshit. Mm. If they're worried about what you're saying, you've had a win. 
Mm. Yeah. But when, when you played against England, you had Gatting, Pitch and Gower, experienced players, you notice, well, they've played better against better cricket than you'll ever dream to be. I mean, what you say is not going to upset them. Jarvan Mann, that was another one from Pakistan. And probably probably the greatest one, Mark Ratepatch of New Zealand, is that if you just went in bowl, he's, and he used to get his chest out as a batsman and go at, go at the bowlers just to get a bite. And when he got a bite, you could see him just grow in stature. And it was very hard not to go back at him. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can imagine. 